0: Sauce, a podcast about the secret ingredients in artwork and life. I'm your host, Becca Borelli. I'm also an illustrator in Austin, Texas, and this is episode four of season two, Focus Your Fire. (laughs) An interview with founder of Volta Jewels, Jade Gillen. I am thrilled (laughs) for this interview. I have been weirdly y'all I have this thing with my intuition where the more that I listen to it the more things work in my business in my life and I've also learned that even though things work in a way that is really special that didn't used to happen before um, intuition it doesn't always make a whole lot of sense like it it wants to go where it wants to go and I will get a yes sometimes, and then the next day I'll get a no. (laughs) And this podcast episode really wanted, it changed its mind a couple of times on when it wanted to be published. And (laughs) I was really struggling with it because this is the first time that I've done something where that my intuition was conflicting with something that I told someone else. Like poor Jade has been like wondering when I'm going to, put this thing up. And now is the time. I feel like post inauguration, post 2020, we recorded this in late uh, 2020. And I was so thrilled I was ready to put it up immediately. And then it wanted to wait. And I think that's, I think you'll see why. In fact, I know you'll see why when you listen to this, because Jade's energy and her message as a maker and and as a human in a body is really gonna help I feel like in the space and time that we're in even more so than a month ago um I want to tell you a little bit about why I invited her to secret sauce and then we're just gonna dive right in with her because you're not here to hear me today (laughs) um I knew immediately when I started making a list of who I wanted to have come to Secret Sauce that Jade was going to be one of the first. And part of the reason why is because Jade is a truly unlikely friendship of mine and at the same time, a totally likely friendship. Like our energy makes total sense the minute i met her i liked her and i knew we were going to be friends and and we're totally different <laughs> on the surface and and we talk about this a little bit in the episode as makers as people in the world we're totally different on the surface um i met her years ago in austin she volta jewels is uh, her business and she's actually very young business, but it's exploding on social media. She's doing quite a few orders now. Um, and I'm not surprised because she is so authentic to herself that people pick up on that immediately. And why I'm sure they just, that's what they want. It's not even necessarily the jewelry as much as the fact that all of that authenticity gets funneled into her pieces. Um, but, but I met her in Austin because she also works, in the healing arts and she worked in massage for a long time and that was how we got connected and we had all of this in common about you know being artists and into healing and we would have these amazing amazing conversations and one day I forget how it came up but you know I began to feel incredibly comfortable with Jade as do many people and I think part of the reason is because similar to Mark who was here in the last episode, you you get a sense when people have seen a lot of life and have lived a lot, right? And have been through the fire, (laughs) that there's not a whole lot that they are going to judge you for. That people that have really faced their own fire have no space for judging others. And I really got that vibe from her, that I could tell her anything and she would be fine with it. And I've have a pretty colorful life that doesn't look very colorful anymore. <laughs> my my color now gets funneled into my art, right? But before when I was young, I I was I wouldn't say wild, but I I was <laughs> I was I was an artsy eccentric person for sure. And I and I I told Jade some of those stories and I remember one day she said, Oh, I would never have known that about you. Like you're tattooed on the inside. And I, I, that caught me off guard in a a really good way, right? Because she's right. Um, My my tattoos are on the inside. I definitely don't wear all of the eccentricities and colorful, loud things about me (laughs) on the surface, and Jade does. You will see. <laughs> and that was why I was drawn to her. And I never realized it until she said that. Jade is literally and figuratively tattooed on the outside. She's so comfortable at this point in her life. And she'll, and she'll tell you it wasn't always that way. But she's so comfortable at this point in her life um, showing people that. And <laughs> I was so drawn to that. I I was drawn to the way that she was so comfortable that and people gravitate to that. Um, she came to Jason and I's wedding here in Texas. We had like a little Texas wedding party um, in November of 2019. And y'all probably, if you follow me on social media, you might've seen some pictures of this. It was at Lemon House, which is, totally hippie little shabby bungalow in East Austin everyone that came was wearing jeans and some people had cowboy boots and I was wearing this very modest beige flowy goddessy dress you know and (laughs) Jason was wearing a blue button-up shirt you know very very that like I don't even want to label it it was just what it was and then Jade shows up and i'm going to post a picture on on social media here with this episode so y'all can see it she shows up decidedly jade and everyone fell in love with her like <laughs> i know um you know full full black beautiful black um jacket with with the studs and these platform boots and full dreadlocks and beautiful makeup, all of her tattoos and and if she had been uncomfortable in her skin, it probably would have made everyone at the party uncomfortable. And instead everyone wanted to know who she was. I had I had people coming up just saying, Your friend's amazing. Like I don't know why but I'm so drawn to her. Yeah, that's Jade. Um and I and that was why I wanted to have her on the podcast was because there's something about that authenticity that gives people permission to be the same. And I love that her secret sauce is so wildly different from Mark's or from Jordan's that it manifests in her own unique way. And that it really doesn't matter what kind of authenticity we listen to, it all feels good, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, with that introduction, I am going to introduce Jade. Um, well, I'm excited to have you here because I'm certain so much of your story and not just your like singular story, but all of your stories are gonna be really helpful and interesting to people that listen. Um, why don't we just kind of start off by you telling everyone a little bit about Voltage Jewels, which is your business and how it got started. And then we'll kind of like backtrack from there.
1: Yeah, sure. So I am a jewelry designer and it started because I was bored basically. <laughs> and um, you know, I wanted to find another creative outlet. I sang in a band before. I went to film school. You know, I've done, you know, creative things here and there, but I really wanted something that I could do in solitude, being the introvert that I can be. And um You know, I wear my hair in dreadlocks and um, I would look for jewelry, but it didn't really represent my style. And so I would just find uh, broken pieces of jewelry around the apartment or at thrift shops or from friends and I would create my own little hair charms and jewels and I got a lot of compliments, but they started to become a little too extravagant. (laughs) And... um, my friends had suggested, hey, why don't you make these earrings or bracelets and chokers? And I said, you know what? That's a great idea. And so it started from there. And I've really been blossoming in my um, vision and, um, you know, mixing a little bit of rock and roll with some glam. And it's totally a little bit of hard edge and femininity, just like myself. So um, it's fairly new, but I'm enjoying the attention that I'm getting from other artists especially and um it just gives me something to do especially during quarantine um <laughs> you know instead of um trying to gorge myself with food I would just play with jewelry and I would come up with things that I really really enjoy wearing and that people seem to enjoy as well so it makes me happy it's great
0: and remind me cuz I feel like this the sec- this was kind of like your beta version when the quarantine started, but you had done a different iteration earlier, like a few years ago, or remind that's me of that. Hair,
1: that's the hair jewelry. Yeah. Yes. That's that's where it started. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yep. Um and and so when I was reading over your um your stuff because I have noticed your presence on social media has exploded. Like people cause you voltage jewels is very very young and it's doing really well and so I was like looking over and kind of swooning on it and um you had put in the subtext of your Etsy shop jewelry for women who own it and I was wondering if you could like elaborate on that and talk about why that is part of that particular brand
1: look Becca you know me I'm high energy I'm intense
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah girl I know you
1: (laughs) let's just keep it real and um For a lot of years, I was told to tone it down, um, dim my shine, not be as fiery as the Aries that I am. And that just never felt right to me, to tell someone to suppress who they are naturally. And what I realized is if it was affecting people negatively or myself negatively, I didn't need to tone it down. I need to focus it, if that makes sense. You know, you don't want to fire spreading through the forest but you want it maybe directed to cook your food or warm your home if that makes sense oh I love I love that yeah and so I took that intensity and that fire and I put it into my jewelry which is kind of um why I named it volta jewels for you science nerds out there you know it's very much about the units of energies and sounds and um so instead of suppressing myself which is been what people have been trying to get me to do for for a long time I'm owning who I am and so I'm taking that fire and I'm directing it into my creativity and into sharing my um very storied life and that's what works for me and I don't feel any shame about that and um you can either join or not it's cool (laughs)
0: that's so that's an awesome segue into sort of my next question, or I don't know, even know if it's a question, but um, one of the things I was really excited about in regards to having you on Secret Sauce is that a huge part of the podcast is talking with makers about being themselves, um, and you're so good at that, and I, I almost, like, sometimes I even wonder if you take it for granted how good you are at it, because a lot of people struggle with with being themselves, and I, I want to Um, Ask you if you could elaborate on that, talk about it. Is this something you all, have you always kind of been that way? Or did you learn that over time? Um, And speaking to other makers about about what that's like for you.
1: I really appreciate that compliment. And it's a big compliment because it means that the work that I have been doing on myself is manifesting into something that people can see clearly and hopefully be inspired by. Um, No, I have not always been this way. Um, I'm going to just get a little bit into my story. I am a Black American woman who is a punk rock metalhead, okay? And um, (laughs) that is uh, definitely not something that a lot of people comprehend or um, think is okay. And um, I've always been this way, you know? I've always liked what people consider to be outside of the box for who I am or who mm-hmm. I'm quote, supposed to be in the societal limitations. And uh, my family didn't really like it very much. Um, my peers certainly didn't like it very much. And so I endured a lot of bullying and shame. And um, then I um, turned it inward, as most people do, you know, when you're a child, you absorb the environment around you, because you're too young to develop a sense of self. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I try to um, for lack of better terms, be more black, which is so silly. Um, but that's what I tried to do for so many years. And I I wasn't happy because I wasn't listening to the music that I wanted to. I didn't dress the way that I wanted to. I, I tried to speak in a way that, um, I guess you could say it's performative blackness. Mm -hmm. It didn't work for me. I wasn't happy. (laughs) And, um, after years of struggling and, you know, with, addictions and self-harm and um, a lot of struggles, I said, you know what, this is becoming life and death for me at this point. You know, I either have to be myself or I'm not gonna make it because I spiraled into such a deep depression and self-loathing, which then turned into apathy, which I think is worse than depression. And uh, I decided that if I have survived all of the things that I survived, I owed it to myself to be authentic. And, um, my, my authenticity is the way that I show that I love myself and, um, it's how I heal, you know, every time that I am authentic, it is a part of my healing. And so maybe I do take it for granted now because it's just what I do. Yeah. But, um, I think you are right that this is a problem that a lot of people, um, have, It's scary to think that no one's going to like you or that people are going to ostracize you and think you are weird. It's hard for a lot of people to be alone, to be judged. And honestly, those are things today that I don't care about. I mean, it it doesn't feel good. But I've done so much work to where I no longer personalize. And I know that's about them and their shadow, not mine.
0: It makes me think of, there's a passage in The Alchemist, and I'm going to butcher it, but it's something to the effect of the fear of the thing is always worse than the thing. It sounds like now that you're yourself, yeah, you don't really give a shit. That's
1: perfect. That's perfect. Um, The pain of living dishonestly is so much bigger than the pain of somebody projecting their insecurities onto me.
0: I knew I first wanted to have you on the podcast when, um, and I and I want to talk about our friendship too later, because we've known each other for a little while. But the first time I knew I wanted to invite you on the podcast was when you posted on your personal Instagram about walking your neighborhood in a clay mask. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. And I was wondering if you could share that story, because I think it does a good job of illustrating your artistic nature in life and your creative responses to like undesirable circumstances, you know? Um,
1: (laughs) I'm laughing because I'm quite sure that anybody who's listening is like, what? (laughs) Um, I'm, I'm in the spa and salon industry. So I'm a skincare junkie. And, um, Mm -hmm. I, you know, during quarantine, not only did I make more jewelry, but I started making these little, um, concoctions of, uh, Oils and masks, and you know, different uh, body care products. And one thing that I do is I made a clay mask, and um, I couldn't go to the gym, so I was walking my neighborhood. And um, you know how it can be as a woman, you're walking on the street, hey, baby, hey, baby, hey, and you know, yep. just the lecherous, unwanted, unsolicited attention from um, some dudes, not all, don't get offended. I know you're not all like that. <laughs> And um, it got to the point where I didn't want to stop walking because I feel like I have a right to enjoy the outside and get some physical activity. But as a survivor of many things, I didn't appreciate being objectified in that way. So I said, you know what? I'm going to turn this back around on them because that's pretty much what I've done for a long time now when someone throws something at me that I don't like. So I decided to kill two birds with one stone, get my um, physical activity in and get my beauty on and well I should say three birds actually and scare people from wanting to bother me yes. so <laughs> I would you know throw my hair up in a wrap and I would put my clay mask on and you know it's a great sunscreen as well and I would walk <laughs> around the neighborhood and I got a lot of hilarious reactions that actually made my day <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> And I, it was, Go ahead. Sorry. No,
1: I was gonna say it's really funny because I got to the point where I so don't care what people think about me that <laughs> it actually became a source of humor to see the reactions on some guys' faces.
0: That was why the the and you did these sweet little stories um, that were refreshing for that reason. That um and maybe that is also a segue into your point earlier about performing because a lot of stuff on social media is really performative and I w- I remember when you posted that thinking you know anyone else if they posted this I would have felt like they were performing but it's so you you're so yourself that it was awesome like I immediately like loved you for it and <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> um so and maybe part of that too and I, I'm getting a little personal now myself but I think one of the reasons that I really gravitated to you, because we met when you lived in Austin, is um, that that feels like that kind of decision to walk down a street and do that is something that I have probably, maybe not specifically thought about doing that exact thing, but that I've craved doing something energetically in that vein. And I've um, just because of my own upbringing and stuff have immediately quashed it like, oh no, um and so just being your friend in a weird way does give me permission sometimes to just like uh, fucking stop caring what other people think and i'm wondering if have you gotten that feedback from other people in your life that purchased your work or that interact with your music in the past like that that kind of energy helps them too
1: um yeah, yeah, I, I have received that feedback and I'm really glad because it's not just a catharsis for me, but it's also giving people permission. They say, hey, if Jade can do it and she's okay and she hasn't withered away into pieces, maybe I can. Because look, I mean I'm not superhuman or special, okay. I've just decided to alchemize what was given to me. Oh, and yes. It's something yes. that could benefit myself and if it can benefit other people then that is awesome and my work or just the way that I exist is something positive for other people then that means it's all worth it um because I had people like that who I watched when I was coming up who were being authentic and I said wow you know maybe I can be like that one day I wish I was that and here I am and. It makes all of the strife and the struggle and all of the craziness that I've been through. It makes it worthwhile. Like it wasn't all in vain because yes. ultimately my goal in this life is to help people to have an easier time than I have had in this life. So,
0: yeah, especially yeah.
1: Being women in their forties, yes, we're we're like wanting to break through free. You know, I'm. It's and not just because of our age, but I feel like this is a thing, you know, that all humans, you know, men have the standard of like masculinity. They feel like they have to attain and women have this, like, I got to be sexy and a mom and an employee. And I got to wear all these hats when I just want to rest. I think that that's a very common part of the human condition is to want to be appreciated and feel safe in who you really and truly are and to not have to constantly wear these masks, and so when we see somebody who is being authentic, we might be able to analyze them and say, "Wow, this maybe I can do that too."
0: yes, yes, it's contagious, honestly, yeah, in a good way. I guess contagious is a dirty word right now, but <laughs> <laughs> oh.
1: very good, very good, I like it
0: I want. So one of the things that I think is really fascinating about your work in this particular vein of conversation is when I was looking at Volta Jewels, it reminded me of this conversation that I had a while ago, and I might butcher it because I'm trying to remember it from a while ago, but it went something like this. I, I used to be a sign painter at Trader Joe's, and one of the guys that was a sign painter with me was very into punk and metal. And I remember having conversations with him where he talked about how there were a lot of misconceptions from people that were not part of those communities, that it was all really dark and heavy. And he talked a lot about how for him, it was very light and beautiful. And I was reminded of that when I look at your work, because your work from like an untrained eye might look darker, but it's quite light. And I was wondering if you have like, do you feel that way about your work? Or do you feel that way about punk and metal? Or is that just like me kind of projecting someone else's opinion? I don't know.
1: You're not, you're not off at all. I was actually having a conversation about this with a client yesterday. So I'm going to use the word catharsis again Um, (laughs) (laughs) because he had a misconception as well. And I told him, oh, he also said that metalheads were some of the nicest people that he'd ever met. And I said, well, if you think about it, it's because we, we are very in love with our duality, the duality of our nature. You know, we're listening to this extremely fast, heavy um, music that, you know, it, you know, a lot of the tuning is dropped down. There's some guttural vocals and screaming and it's, it's a rage, they're rageful genres of music, punk and metal. So, if you get to go to a concert and you're headbanging and you're screaming and you're jumping up and down, and you know, for my younger self, moshing, I get to release that rage and that anger that every single human being has. I don't care how chill you think you are, we're holistic beings, we all have something. Yes. And so, when I go out into the world, I've already um, vac- evacuated those feelings. So I'm not pushing them onto other people as much yeah. or at all. And so it's so funny because I have a lot of metalhead friends, but I also have a lot of friends like you who that's it's not necessarily your thing. And, you know, I can, I can talk to y'all and get, get, get out. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how to describe it. I can, I can relate to anyone and I can talk to anyone because that rage that directs so many people that makes them passive aggressive, that makes them um, projecting their hate onto other people and not realizing it, I've gotten rid of that. So I can really navigate relationships with a bunch of different people and be pretty chill nowadays. And um, I think that that extreme music, that's a thing that a lot of non-metal heads were say some of you are all the nicest people yeah
0: because we got rid of that <laughs> totally no i'm so happy you brought up the point about how easily you connect with so many different types of people because that's something that i immediately loved when i first met you um when was it i mean god i'm trying to i was trying to remember today what year we met 2014 maybe 15. Um, i would like to say it was 13 or 14. okay oh it was before i met my husband
1: Jason. yes I knew you first. Haha, ha, Jason. No, no, I knew her.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You totally did. Because when I met him, you were the, one of the first people I told about that relationship and you predicted we were going to be hitched and all the things. Yeah. I told um, you. I
1: told you all of this would happen.
0: <laughs> and I, I was really surprised at how easy a friendship was with you because, you know, I, I think that quality that you have is something I admire about myself too. And it was really cool to meet someone who was so different from me that had that same characteristic. And I love how you described why you're able to to tap in with other people. And one of the other things I've observed about you that I'm wondering if you could talk about is because you've cleared so much energy out either creatively or through music or whatever, is um, you don't seem to have triggers with people that are different mm-hmm. like it, doesn't, seem, it doesn't it doesn't offend you and I'm, I'm wondering this is a really neat time to talk about that yes <laughs>
1: so. okay Let, let's get let's get raw and real here okay
0: you got it yeah
1: you know i'm a heavily tattooed black woman with crazy dreadlocks and big boobs and i wear spikes and leather and yes you are more of a classical type of beauty Um, you're white, you're kind of preppy a little bit, you know, you're a little more chilled and laid back than I am. So on the surface, people would say, nah, these two, mm -mm, nah, but yes, these two. yes, Yes. Because I think that for, I'll speak for myself. I think one of the reasons why people do not connect with those who on the surface appear to be different from them is out of insecurity and fear. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And because I have such a variety of people in my life, I realize how we are more similar than we are different. But if you have not cleared all that stuff, you're going to focus on race, gender, uh, political ideology, sexual orientation, you know, all of these surface things that there, there were times in my life where I focused on those things too. I'm not speaking from a place of superiority at all. I understand. I think there's also something natural in us human beings that says that is the other and so now I'm scared I think it goes back to I heard um Brett Weinstein this evolutionary biologist talk about um yeah. trying to protect your space trying to protect your family and your tribe from foreign invaders and diseases and um, that hyper amygdala fight flight freeze or fawn I've got to be careful and so if You have not worked on your trauma. Trauma has a way of manifesting in very interesting ways. And it winds up cheating you from um, experiencing life in its holistic beauty. It really does. So because I've done so much work in the past, I'd say two years, year and a half of owning my own shit, cleaning up my own messes, admitting when I'm wrong, admitting my liabilities, um, admitting my fears, um, saying I was wrong for that. I was wrong for that thing that I said on Facebook. (laughs) I was wrong for that uh, way that I treated that person because I was scared. I was fearful. I was alone. I was triggered. And you know what? I'm, I'm going to make amends for that, or I'm going to change my behavior. And if you want to crucify me for that, that's on you, but I will not crucify myself. And, um, Because I was able to do that, I don't see, oh, look at Becca. She's just a white chick, you know? Like, I don't, you know, I don't see that. I I see you as a person, a ball of energy, you know, a person who I felt good around, you know? And that's what I knew at the time. And then when we started speaking more deeply, we are both creatives, you know, and other things that we have gone through that were similar. Yes you know, um, you are quite the rebel. I used to tease you and say you were tattooed on the inside.
0: Remember that? Oh, I love that. That made me, <laughs> cause I, I, it resonates with me. Yes. It's such a great, tattoo.
1: that make you rebellious anymore, but there was a time, but you know, I think that we cheat ourselves. And yeah. so all of these things that we're going through right now, it's like racism mm-hmm. that cheats us all, mm-hmm. you know, because, there could be someone who looks nothing like you and they come from a different ethnicity or different culture that may have a perspective on life that can completely flip the script for you. But because we're so afraid of somebody being of a different race, we don't even get to experience that. And, you know, that right there alone is enough of a reason for us to all, you know, say, Hey, let's, let's work to get rid of this crap. You know, this, this, these isms, that, I love that are really tearing our culture down big time.
0: Your comment reminds me of something Jason said when I was kind of, you know, mucking through some of my own trauma and was really angry at some people, um, rightfully so, that had done some pretty messed up stuff when I was a child. And I remember kind of venting him about it one day. And I remember he said something that your comment really reminds me of, which is, um, he said, he's like, fuck yeah, Becca, like that, and Jason didn't say fuck yeah, for those of you that know him, he doesn't talk that way, but if he, if he talks like me, (laughs) if he talks like me, he wouldn't say that, and he said, you know, that, that pain and that trauma that you're feeling towards this particular person or group of people is legitimate, and it's not, it's your truth right now, but it's not the ultimate truth. And, you know, so if you want to, if you, if you're he and I remember him kind of like saying, you have total permission and support for me to be in this space right now, but I hope you don't stay there. And now I have, I've worked through a lot of that and I have a lot of love and compassion for those same people who I was so poisonously angry with just a few years ago. And sometimes when I look at the collective and the culture, especially in terms of some of the things you were talking about, sometimes I just am hopeful that, yeah, I hope like if you're in your trauma, fine, but just please don't stay there. You know what I mean? And I think I love that you, when you said earlier about not being superior, I do think a lot of people pick that up from you when you talk about this stuff and they do feel the sense of oh this chick's been through the mud and now she's on the other side and i can do it as well um and you don't even need to tell your stories i think people just know (laughs) from your energy yeah Yeah. Yeah. um Um, go ahead i want to add to what you
1: just said uh, about not staying in your trauma look let's not lie here america has a very it's it's got a very ugly history around race and racial relations you know i mean it's not something that we can escape i don't agree with the people who say the way to heal racism is to stop talking about it listen if you were driving on a flat tire do you think that if you just continue to drive on the car that the tire is going to repair itself magically no yeah part of my healing has been um what a lot of people label shadow work it's looking at the parts of yourself that it's it's not nice it's not comfortable it doesn't make Mm -hmm. you feel
0: good
1: i know i know it's in human nature to always want to anesthetize and to always want to escape pain but it's actually cheating um you know i i'm big into duality you know as Mm -hmm. above so below so if you want the light you got to get the dark you know if you want the pleasure you got to get the pain and so um I think Americans would really do themselves a service to look at themselves, black and white people both. Yes. And see how they've contributed to where we are right now. And um, I know it's not that simple because one side will say, look, I didn't do it, okay? I've never burned a cross on anybody's lawn. I never implemented any Jim Crow laws. I never had a slave. And the other side will say, I am the victim. I do not have to be responsible for anything. How dare you blame me for what is happening in our culture? My pain is real and both sides would be right.
0: Oh, yes. What do
1: you do when both sides are right? (laughs) But then what do you do when both sides are wrong? as hell too. (laughs) There has to be be a decision that has to be made. And look, I'm not going to sit here and act like, you know, I'm like the female incarnation of Martin Luther King and that I know what it is to heal the world, make it a better place for you and for me and the entire human race. You like that? Um, (laughs) I'm not going to sit here and say that, but what I will do is look at what I've done on a micro level for my own healing and put on a macro level and we can at least start there. And so running away from the United States history is not, Going to help. It's just not. You can't ignore cancer. It metastasizes. Yeah. So, but the other problem I have is the dialogues that we've been having, those are not working either. <laughs> you nope. know, the dialogue has to change, and I'm not sharing it change, you know? And so we have to make a decision. You know, are we black and white people? We're not leaving each other anytime soon. None of us I are know. getting shipped back to Africa. You know, none of us are getting shipped back to Europe or wherever. We have to make this work. And so what is, what's, what's bigger to you? To, to either get revenge and be vindicated or to sit in your ego and not look at what has been done? Or do we want to have a damn country that functions and works without violence, without hatred? What do we want? hmm you know, and that's what's not being spoken about. We have to make a decision and not everybody is going to understand or agree with what I'm saying. I can already hear one side, you know, thinking that I'm saying to forget about the past, which I'm not, you know, the anger is justified. And then you've got so, the other side. To say, Well, you just want me to be guilty for how I was born and blame me. No, I want you to hear me. We have to make a choice.
0: One of the things that, that was all like awesome. And I love talking to you about this because um, I feel like you have a way of melding lots of truths into one sort of narrative. And and your point about what happens when both sides are true is, so, I've never heard it put that way. And it's a beautiful way to think about it. Um, I'm wondering if you could talk about what is your ideal um way to make it better, I have some thoughts obviously, but I'm like super curious what some of yours might be
1: um one is definitely through art and music, for sure,
0: mm. yeah, if you
1: look at what happened in the 1920s, you know, when segregation was like a real thing, and you know black entertainers were told that you know they could not perform in white establishments, but then that slipped. And they yep. started like, like black jazz players and people like that play and black and white people started going, hey, I mean, look at Marilyn Monroe and Ella Fitzgerald. I love oh, that story. Yes. love
0: Do you want to tell that story for people that haven't heard it listening?
1: Oh, okay. I'm trying to um, rack my brain and see if I can remember. Basically, Marilyn Monroe loves Ella Fitzgerald, loved her voice, loved everything about her and wanted to see her play. But back then they were not allowing black musicians to play in white establishments so you know Marilyn being the, the lady maverick that she was uh pulled some strings and did some contortions and got Ella to play and got her some recognition in um white mainstream culture and um, they became the best of buds um before Marilyn died
0: Yeah, I want to say too that one of the ways that she did it was she agreed to the club owner that headlined Ella that if he did it, she would sit in the front row for seven nights in a row. Yeah, that's it. Yes, yes.
1: (laughs) And see, right there, you know, people talk about white privilege and I know it makes people uncomfortable, especially in, you know, the intellectual dark web and on the um, right-leaning side of things, but you can't deny that it's a thing. Um, It doesn't mean that your life is perfect it doesn't mean that you know just because you're white that you know nothing bad can happen to you and you're just when you come out your mom you come out with money you know <laughs> like it doesn't mean that you come out with a perfect li- life but we have to re- we have to acknowledge that in the united states for a very long time that you know black people were not to be seen or heard yes. you know yes. and that's not something that dies overnight now we are so much better than we were To deny that there's been improvement is dishonest. But, you know, things don't just die overnight. So that is how one can use their privilege to actually help. And I actually have plenty of white friends who are doing those things right now. Answer it the way I feel. Now, Black people are not a monolith. So do not take what I'm saying and think this is the truth that all Black people believe. But I'll just tell you what this Black person feels. I'm not offended, I don't care. What I do care about is when the black woman wears her hair that way and she gets fired from her job, yes. or she gets called dirty or people assume that she's a drug dealer or something like that. The double standard is what I care about. I don't care how a white girl wears her hair. It doesn't, pay my, it doesn't affect my bills, I don't care. You know, like yes. we have bigger fish to fry in America. It's the double standard <laughs> that bothers me. And then I told her, I said, what's the point of having friends of different races if we can't connect on different perspectives to learn? And she goes, wow. And I'm like, yeah. (sighs) She thanked me for, you know, sharing my point of view. And, you know, I would rather someone ask me questions and connect with me than have them walking around, making assumptions and creating things in their own head, because that can be very dangerous.
0: Have you noticed, and I feel like... (sighs) As a white woman, I might be like treading on thin ice with just like my knowledge here. So, correct me anytime. But have you noticed if um, I've, because I've speculated watching um, mainstream men and women of color um, who are, you know, activists and kind of at the forefront of some of this conversation publicly, especially on social media. I've noticed that they initiate conversations kind of like the one you just described. Um, And it doesn't feel as it, it feels like because they're on social media and they're trying to garner t- like attention for their cause, they make it as inflammatory as possible to get that visibility. Do you ever notice that? or I, or not?
1: I, I think it's so true. I don't like whenever you have, something on a platform that i'm just gonna straight up say encourages um people to attack each other and be narcissistic and be um uh and and, and be seen yeah yeah there's gonna be problems and that's why i encourage people to actually make friends with people Mm -hmm. of different races. yes Uh rather than you know trying to talk on social social media, it, you know, listen, I've had some beautiful experiences from social media, okay? If used the right way, it can be awesome. But I've also had bad behaviors on social media as well. I have been guilty of this because when you walk through life feeling unheard and unseen mm-hmm. and you are given a platform, you're going to go a little crazy and you're going to take a lot of that stuff out that really should have been dealt with in private or in a different way. Also, too, you have to keep in mind that some of these people, they profit off of racism being a thing. Like if racism were to be ended tomorrow, their whole career would be done. So do you really want to trust somebody who makes money off of racism? Yeah. activism, I don't. So I, I think it's lazy to go on social media and trust social media activists. I think it takes more courage to actually make a white friend or a black friend oh
0: that's awesome yeah you're so fun for me to talk about this I don't mean to sound like a fangirl but I'm just like oh that's awesome oh that's awesome no
1: um, thank you and I, I, you know what you're, I don't know you're you're a good friend and I think what happens is on both the black and the white side we're not hearing a lot of voices of reason right now yes So when you hear somebody who has a reasonable, balanced perspective, because, you know, you got one side, let's say you got somebody like Candace Owens, who I agree with like 50% of the time, sometimes 60, you know, she says a lot of things that I do agree with, because, you know, I do hold some conservative values. But then when she starts to say things like systemic racism doesn't exist, I have to go, okay, Candace, come on, girl. Come on, girl. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, but but she's but I consider Candace Owens to be an entertainer to a degree okay yes. like a political entertainer so she has an audience that she has to cater to and the audience doesn't want to hear how white people can be good allies and the introspection that white people need to do they don't want to hear that yeah but then you have somebody like Sean King who I cannot stand I'm sorry but I cannot stand who profits off of black people not taking personal responsibility being victims being in this faux righteous anger and constantly lighting fires to get attention he doesn't help at all yeah you know so you have these two extremes yeah and neither one of them in the end is really going to help because i just really feel like it's detrimental to do what both of them are doing. Even though sometimes they say good things. Sometimes I agree with them. But yes. For the most part, they're entertainers. They're active they're they're activist entertainers, performative activism. They're, you know, they're trying to cater to a base. And I'm not,
0: okay. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think no, I really love that point. Because I'm sure that if you were to talk to Candace Owens or Sean King one on one, you know, they would you know, really deep in their heart of hearts, you know, express, you know, that part of their mission is to help. And at the end of the day, their living is connected to the problem. (laughs) So like you were saying, but I also feel like this kind of conversation just from you is so helpful because I do think that generally because of systemic racism, white people are, I think, you know, kind of the most helpful thing that can be done right now is lots of um, learning and listening. And so even, even in this conversation, I, I not worry cause it's you and we're friends, but I do think about, you know, this isn't really my place to talk, you know? I'm um, Yes and no. I understand your perspective,
1: but at the same time, you know, if we're going to make this thing work, we got to get real. Yeah. And um, you know, I. That's why, for me personally, and this is my personal boundary, I, I I don't have any um desire to censor, and I don't have any limits when I talk to my white friends one on one about race. I think we need to be honest with each other. Yeah. And um, you know, I express my frustrations about black and white people because they both frustrate me all of the time. You know. <laughs> yeah. And um, it's the only way that I got to the level of peace and healing that I have around my really difficult story and you know like I went to the doctor today for example and I told him a list of my good and my bad habits and he was like you know that's what's so good about having you as a patient is you're just real and honest I'm like yeah because I want to be healthy oh like lying about you know the fact that I need to eat less sugar and I need to cut down on my wine a little bit Uh, that's not like it's there's no shame in that You know, it is what it is. And if I want to make sure that, you know, I don't get diabetes or become overweight or whatever, I have to admit things that could lead me there if I continue the course. And that's how I see this whole thing with the country. You know, going back to your thing about, you know, how can we help heal this thing? That's part of it. We got to just get real. You know, I'm afraid of you. Because you called me the N word or someone who looked like you called me the N word when I was a kid or I'm afraid of you because I'm afraid that you're going to call me a racist if I admit that I'm not close to any black people. I'm afraid of you because I think that you're going to say something about my hair. I'm afraid of you because I think that you're, you're going to feel like I'm inferior. Like it's, it's ugly stuff, man, but it's really necessary if we're ever going to change.
0: Your this whole conversation is rem- making me think of um. I don't remember who said it. It was a speaker that I was listening to, but he he said the opposite of a creator is not a consumer. The opposite of a creator is a victim. Mm. And I thought, I thought, oh, I don't, that's fascinating. And in some ways, as you've been talking today, I realized that volta jewels. You know, as a brand, is this weird? Ref- I don't know if we know weird not the right word. It's this beautiful reflection of kind of your life between light and dark, and how they kind of—I don't know if you view it that way, but no, I get for- you.
1: It is weird. It's it's cool. I know you yeah. didn't mean it in a negative way. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I mean, it's people in my life know that the last three years with my health has been really difficult. You know, and yeah. you know, almost dying of sepsis and getting into an accident and you Mm -hmm. know, having some other challenges, I had to find healthy ways to stop feeling sorry for myself. So I got creative. And I think that's really kind of connects to my original thing about art and, you know, Black and white people getting together during segregation. Art always brings people together, yo. Like, always. It's so cool. That's what art does. It always brings people together. (sighs) And I really feel like that's gonna really be it's gonna be the creatives I think that help heal I don't really think it's gonna be these activists and the protests and definitely not the politicians no way <laughs> um <laughs> no, I think it's gonna you know I really feel like it's gonna be the creatives because I have a community of women who we we advertise for each other we buy each other's stuff we model each other's stuff and Let me give you an example of um, why I think it's going to be the creatives and not sit here and put creatives on a pedestal and say that we're perfect. Yeah. I'm going to give you an example. So I have a fellow jewelry designer friend who we became friends because um, there was another designer who were making some very left leaning statements about Donald Trump. And um, Mm -hmm. my friend kind of checked her on some of the things that were not factual what that she said so Mm -hmm. some other people went and piled on her and you know they started with the histrionics you're a racist you're a white supremacist you're a nazi she didn't say anything like that i'm going to tell you right now she did not she just kind of challenged like hey you know maybe you have more freedom than you think you do if you can talk about the president because in some places you can't talk negatively about the president without some consequences yes yes. and so um This person decided to go through her friends list and find everybody who was not white and tell them to attack her. I don't follow follow directions very easily. I don't like people telling me what to do at all. I'm a typical Aries. (laughs) So I um, decided to do my own research. And the woman didn't say anything racist. I can understand how some people might think that what she said was Um, maybe a little callous and a little cold, but that doesn't equate to racism necessarily, you know? So um, I decided to extend an olive branch out to this woman. I said, look, I read what you said. I don't feel like anything that you said was racist, maybe tone deaf on a couple of things, but not racist. And I don't hate you. And I don't think you're a Nazi, but just so you know, people are kind of trying to you know, drag you. And she said, thank you for that. And she and I got to talking and we've become great friends. <laughs> and awesome. um, she's a really cool chick, and we got to help out another girlfriend in a major way where we actually helped save someone's life together. Wow. so yeah, I won't get into the details of that, but just showing you how thinking for yourself and not jumping on bandwagons and yep. you know, investigating situations from an intellectual eye, not always from an emotional place. You can make some amazing relationships, but just because someone says someone's a Nazi and a racist, you don't have to necessarily believe that. You can do your own homework, and that's what I did. You know, this woman has been a great asset to me in my business, and, you know, she's purchased things from me. She sent me gifts. We we connect. We talk, and like I said, we got together to help a friend. And um, imagine had I not listened to myself, we might not have been able to get together to help this person that we both care about. So. Um, and I,
0: I love that, I feel like when you get together with people that may not be a, a perfect carbon copy of yourself, you do have a collective power that is so exponential. Like, I'm wondering if there's a connection to why you were able to help someone because with this person. I, You know, that's so beautiful to me. Maybe I'm being a little bit of a hippie there, but you know, that's what I mean. I'm, I'm
1: right. not wrong with that. I, I always call myself a metalhead hippie because I do have some of those tendencies and nothing wrong with that. I just really feel like art is so unifying yeah and um it's more unifying than trying to create a smear campaign against someone okay
0: <laughs> yes yes oh jade you're awesome thank you, for so you. thank you <laughs> um i am super excited to share your information with people so they can follow you on social media and hear more from you and your ideas and your work because I feel like this conversation just like scratches the surface of what you have to offer um, not just artistically but also intellectually. So, Aww, thank you. You're welcome. If people want to um, check out Jade's um, Instagram and Etsy shop, the links are going to be in the show notes as well as um, on the social media page and. I hope you can come back and chat with me again sometime. This is pretty awesome. <laughs>
1: oh, for sure. I just had an idea. Maybe we can pick a topic and go, you know, like a specific topic pertaining to it. whatever's going on and go from there. And maybe people have ideas if they want us to kind of uh, bounce stuff off each other. You know, I mean, I, I like your point about, you know, you're like, hey, I feel like a white and I can't say anything. Well, maybe we need to change that. Maybe we need to say something together, you know, just because you're you're not. Black doesn't mean you can't have an opinion. It's kind of silly. Do you? you know? so we can go off that, you know.
0: I'm gonna like go out on a limb for all the listeners and say, if you have any questions for Jade, and you want to send them to me, I will have her come and answer them, and we can talk yeah. about them. Does that sound good?
1: Yeah, we need to give everybody a voice. Black, yeah. white, male, female, everybody in between. I don't care. We. It's time to start opening up, being real and raw, and talking.
0: That's uh-huh. what I really want to
1: inspire. It's time
0: yes girl i um thank you for being here and until next time friends peace